Pelvic Posse, and welcome to the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. It's Amanda Fisher. I've helped thousands of people with pelvic floor issues, and it's totally my jam. Here, you can listen to expert interviews encompassing all things related to pelvic health. That's pee, poop, sex, and everything in between. You have a pelvic floor. Yes, you. We all do. And it's time to start talking about these issues that arise, but more importantly, how to improve them. I am so glad you are here to join us. Now let's head into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amina Fisher. Today, I've got Jessica Kitterman here with me today, and she is with Wabago Bucha, and we'll get into that a little bit more, but we have had this here at Empower Your Pelvis. Oh gosh, has it been a month now? A little, a little more, yeah. We're really big. So our clinic is on pelvic health. We're big on gut health and how that promotes tissue mobility. So if we have a lot of inflammation in the gut, a lot of inflammation in the food or beverages that we're ingesting, that can play a role into bowel issues, bladder issues, high tone pelvic floors, the list goes on and on. So we're huge fans of kombucha and what that can do for the gut. So when I came across Jessica, gosh, I guess from Blair. Yeah. Really? Yeah. At her front office. Friend. Yes. I was like, uh, love her. And then heard it had gotten put into our local high V's here in Kansas City. Really excited about that too, but I guess I'm just giving a lot away. Y'all meet Jessica. She's amazing. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, thanks, Amanda, for having me. You're amazing as well. But yes, I'm Jessica Ketterman. I have a biology degree. I graduated from KU. Go Jayhawks. I'm kind of outnumbered outnumbered here in Missouri. But um, yeah, I have a biology degree. And then I went on to get my bachelor's as well in nursing. But as I was studying um, nursing and going through my second degree, I was at like my age of 20, 21, just meeting my now husband at the time and working at a clinic as a front desk girl in a OB office. So around pregnancy, postpartum, women like that. So that's a little background with me. But when I was working there and studying to be a nurse, I wasn't feeling good. I was going through a lot of health issues. And that kind of shocked me because I was only 20, 20. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I chalked up as, oh, I just got out of college. I drank a lot of alcohol, had a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, sorority, that cook, she was amazing. And so I was like, oh, it'll all go away. I've always been active and healthy. But as I went on, that didn't happen. And it was just little things that were happening to me. And in those times, it went on for about four years. And what those were is we had determined I had... 12 breast lumps that they had removed when I was 21. Mm -hmm. And then it went on to other hormonal issues like extremely dry eyes, sleep problems, urinary issues. And then it turned into a big one, which was bladder issues. And so through the course of this too, was like I said, several years and Christian and I got married And we got to the point where we were thinking about having kids. And I was now then working as 
a primary care nurse. And then I transitioned into an ER nurse at that time too. So I had a little, a lot of background in pregnancy, OB, primary care and general care because of the ER. And Krishna had a long talk and I was like, you know, I'm just not feeling right. And I knew as a biology degree and a nurse that I needed to get in control of my body before I had conceived my children and went through my pregnancy. And a big thing with that was at the time I was on some prescription medications for depression and I had been diagnosed through hospital stays and um, traumatic urinary like issues where I was bleeding in my urinary tract and no infections were showing up in my bladder or my urine. And so, of course, they wanted to put me on another pill for this. And here I am. I was like already on an antidepressant. They wanted to put me on another pill. And the promise of this pill was no promise to get off of it. They were like, you're just going to have to have it for life. And they diagnosed me with interstitial cystitis. I was just going to ask you if, because this is a very similar story. Yeah, that's kind of how we connected. Yes, I forgot about that. That similar, same little umbrella term. And we had a patient this week, the same thing that she kind of got the umbrella term in her early 20s of having IC and then realizing like, oh, there's there's more going on. It's not really IC. Yeah. That was her story in mind, but we'll let you finish. Yeah. And so people are probably, you're probably thinking, what is IC? What is interstitial cystitis? Um, if you're not in this world or you haven't been diagnosed with that. Yeah. And here I was at 25 years old and I'd had a bio, you know, I had a biology degree and nursing background and I didn't even know what interstitial cystitis was. Um, but the idea of what they said was the nerves that were lining my bladder were inflamed when it would get full. Um, And when your bladder would get full, the pH of your urine would affect the pain and the nerves being fired and the nerves being fired would cause the pain. And so they said, along with this pill, what would fix it would be taking away spicy foods, certain fruits that are at a different like acidic level or um, acidic things, And I looked at this list and it was like pretty much everything, you know, and things that I looked at and I were like, well, these are beneficial to us. Like, this doesn't make sense to me. And, you know, I always knew that symptoms were a response to what your body was telling you. I knew, you know, the background of how the body works, responses, receptors, and your body's response to those. And so I knew that there had to be another way to fix this. But in the topic of wanting to get pregnant, you know, I was like, I can't be overweight and I depressant, doubled over in pain sometimes because my pelvic area and my bladder in my gut is not working right. I was also running to the bathroom a lot after I go to the, you know, eat when I eat out or even if I eat at home. So I knew I need to take control. And that goes on to play too with pregnancy. I wanted to have a, birth plan. And I might look at it a little differently, but after working in OB, working in the ER, I knew that once you've got a lot of women are focused on their birth plan when they present to the hospital. But at that point, you kind of lose control of what's going to happen. And there's a many reasons for that. The hospital has protocols. Doctors have 
suggestions. And a lot of times things happen so quick that you don't get the education you need or the information you need to make an informed decision. And so I knew I needed to set my body up and my birth plan needed to be the year, you know, as I was trying to conceive and while I was pregnant. So here I am. I'm like, I'm not going to take this Elmeron, you know, for my interstitial cystitis. I actually want to get off of my antidepressant. And so I was like, this is where my birth plan starts. So it did. And it dived into a ton of research of natural ways to fix good bacteria and balance out the bad bacteria in my body. Because at the end of the day, it was because I needed to change the pH of my blood. And you can do that through, you know, giving up your Dr. Pepper, your soda pop. Um, But, you know, we don't want to just give that up and drink water. So I was doing more research and kombucha kept coming up on the list of the best way to change your gut flora, change that bad bacteria lining your bladder, lining your gut and feed the bladder with and other organs what it needs. And the idea of kombucha is a firm, it's a fermented tea. It's been around since the 1500s. It's nothing I've ever, you know, I didn't create this, you know, you ferment grapes and get wine and you ferment (laughs) tea and you get kombucha. And so I started drinking it. I stopped drinking my pop. I didn't do anything crazy miraculous in my life. I was still going to the ER all the time and working. I wonder like, are you, so you're still working Uh and then making like typically if someone's going to start and correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but like this was a COVID experiment for me and having oh, a SCOBY you're bold. in a jar mm-hmm. at the house. And my husband, number one, hates the smell of vinegar and hates mushrooms. So I didn't really tell him the SCOBY was a mushroom. <laughs> that was just, oh, it's a plant and it's uh-huh. going to grow in little shreds. And shred. it's actually not a mushroom. It isn't? No. Okay. No. Fill me in on that too. <laughs> I'm off on that. Yeah. But um, so is that kind of tell us through like, how did that start while you were working? Yes. Did it start in a big jar for you? Did you get a scoby from a friend? Did you order it online? I didn't. I actually, at the time I went out to Whole Foods and I bought a bottle. They were selling it. Yes. I did have a holistic thinking doctor in the ER I was working with at the time that did make her own. And so she shared that with me, but... As um, you know, if you start making your kombucha, the little, all the work you took to make it, she quickly wasn't sharing her kombucha with me. You know, (laughs) she had family members that wanted it. And so I was just buying a popular brand out there on the market. Now, this was a while ago now, 12 years ago, I should say. Yes. So this was early on, you know, my first child is now seven. So actually, so no, not 12 years ago, I would say this was 10, I guess, two years ago. So anyway, so yeah, I was working in the year and I was just buying the kombucha. Now, also at the time, I was still doing a lot of research. So with that came research on how people were making the kombucha, if it was authentic, because I was investing a lot of money in buying this product. And I wanted to make sure what I was buying was what it was saying it was. Because also through my diver research, I realized that the skincare industry is not what they say. They can market products and say that they're paraben-free or free of chemicals. And they're not because they don't have any laws that govern their marketing strategies. 
And so I realized that the kombucha these people were putting out on the shelves weren't actually like true kombucha. Now, there was a little bit of kombucha probably in it, but they dilute it down a lot with like water, carbonated water, vinegars and things like that. And so where I wasn't getting a true good amount of yeast and bacteria per volume of bottle. And so I started kind of making on my own too, because I was like, I can make this, you know, put it in my pantry and it turns into kombucha. And so that's, that's what I started doing. And in the midst of it, I was doing yoga, stretching, learning about my pelvic health because that was connected to my bladder and my gut. And so I, like I said, I was just doing things like foam rolling and yoga classes and things like minimal because at this time, Krishna and I were just married and ready to have a kid. I was working a lot and we just didn't have a lot of money. So I was just doing all the little like natural things at home I can do. And I noticed a difference within, I think, two and a half weeks to where within two and a half weeks, I was not having those yeast infection symptoms. I wasn't having like I had a UTI. I wasn't having the rectal spasms as much. I wasn't having you know, the pelvic pain, my periods got lighter, they got more consistent, my acne got better, my dry eyes got better. And all of a sudden, I felt like I could listen to my body better. And in the course of it, I lost, I think, 30 pounds in less than two years. Yeah. And I was just drinking water, drinking kombucha, taking um, very natural, good quality supplements which is what I learned through making kombucha, which we could talk about now if we want to, if we like. So anyways, to make kombucha, you ferment tea. And if you cover it with a cloth and let it set out open to oxygen in the air, over the course of, depending on your batch size, it turns to lowers in pH. And naturally, you just start with sweet tea, naturally what they call a SCOGI, forms on the top layer of the kombucha or the sweet tea. And what that is, is an acronym, SCOBY, for a symbiosis culture of yeast and bacteria. So good bacteria and yeast. So what that does is the SCOBY forms because it eats up the nutrients in the tea, in the black tea. That's what feeds it. That's its food. And also a little bit of sugar, which here at Kombucha Webega, we use organic cane sugar. So purest that you can. And that's the food it needs to get started. So keep in mind, if there's a kombucha out there that's saying no sugar, that's absolutely impossible. It's a marketing ploy. <laughs> you need sugar to make kombucha and get that SCOBY to form. And what that SCOBY does is it forms, basically, it looks like collagen. And it is basically collagen because that sugar polymer, copolymers, and the nutrients in the tea form this layer. And underneath the layer, you can see all the like active yeast and bacteria. And that is what converts into the uh, product. So it eats up all the sugar and all the nutrients and converts instead gives the kombucha good yeast, live yeast and bacteria, live nutrients and enzymes that your body needs 
to function. And live is different than like a pill form. Mm -hmm. So people say, you know, go out, get your probiotic pill, get your vitamins, but you have to be careful on where those vitamins are made, how they're being made and how they're being sourced. Because most of them out on their market are made in a lab with chemicals, they're synthetic ingredients, and they don't know if your body and your genetics is designed to process that probiotic or that vitamin that was made synthetically in a lab. It could be a placebo to you and your genetics, and most very likely it is. Um, So that's why I think at the time I was really noticing a difference in getting that like live yeast, live bacteria. And what it does is once you drink it, as soon as you drink it, it goes into those bad bacterias and those bad little bugs that are lining your gut. And it starts eating away at it because it's the good yeast that says, get out of here. And it eats up all the bad bacteria lining your gut so that your gut is more permeable, meaning more water, more nutrients, those vitamins that are in that kombucha and you know in your bloodstream can cross through and go to all your other organs and supply it with what it needs. And so, yeah, it's a fizzy, sweet drink. It does not taste like sweet tea whatsoever when it's done fermenting. It's fizzy like a pop. It's sweet like a juice or wine. And then, you know, here at at Webago, we then go on to flavor ours. Um, But I didn't dig into flavoring it until after I had kids. So yeah, it was crazy. Like that's, I was making it. I was trying to get pregnant. I got pregnant. I had an incredible pregnancy, an incredible pregnancy outcome. And so I really do believe in the power of holistic approaches, getting out there, like educating yourself and um, the real difference on taking like a true product that's, you know, meant for your body. So yeah, we started flavoring it when the kids came around because I I can drink just plain kombucha. It can be a little vinegary to others. But yeah, we were, I started flavoring it when the kids came around. So fast forward, let's see how we came about a business. Cause at this point we're just... Yeah, are you NDER handing out samples to like coworkers and friends and family? Yeah, well, good question. In the meantime, we... And where was COVID in this whole thing too? If that played a role. Yeah, so let's see. We moved to another house, built a house, then had another kid right after um, I had our first kid. So I had two quick pregnancies that were great outcomes. I was, you know, just really natural using natural skincare stuff, skincare I made myself, skincare that I knew was sourced properly, drinking kombucha, and just trying to make more of a natural approach and be intentional on what I was putting in my body and on my body. We then, you know, COVID hit. um, And that kind of shook up everything in the world. It shook up my job. I was working as an ER nurse at the time still, and I was PRN. So COVID cut my job. Yeah. They did not need me. Numbers went completely down at the hospital. Um, They were losing a bunch of money and they didn't need us parents. So I was out of a job. It kind of was good timing because I was just had my second baby. 
And we were in that transition. And in the midst of it, we decided to move again. Oh my gosh. And that brings me to Missouri and Lee Summit. So yeah, we moved in COVID year to Lee Summit, where we are now, Lake Winnebago, hence the name Winnebago Bucha. Our brewery is in Lake Winnebago. So yeah, we moved to Missouri and built a house during COVID because having kids, I had enough time. I didn't have to work. (laughs) I did have to work, but I wasn't working. And so I moved over to Missouri. Luckily, I transitioned at the hospital I was at over to the postpartum unit. So I went back into the OBL world a little bit. So I was at the same hospital commuting from where our old house and location was to the hospital working as a postpartum nurse when I first moved over here to Missouri. Not quickly, quickly later, they let me go because the hospital is transitioning and still recovering from COVID. But it was kind of that push I needed to take control of my life. I felt very out of control. I was communicating, driving to faraway hospital to work. I was spending less time with my kids who were getting more active. In the midst of this, I was just having people over or giving them to my, you know, my kombucha to my coworkers. But mainly I was sharing it because if I'd have people over, I would serve it because I didn't have anything in my house besides water or kombucha. And I don't really buy all those like sugary mixers out at the liquor store or those ginger beers full of sugar and artificial like flavorings that don't even have ginger whatsoever. I feel like when you have bladder issues too, when you drink that stuff, like your belly blows Yes. And it's uncomfortable and painful too. Yeah. And you don't realize that that's when I was going to have that like UTI symptom or that bladder pain or that rectal spasm or a longer period that month because those little things add up, like those ginger beers or those flavored waters, they use extracts a lot of time to flavor their products. And through my research, I realized that these extracts affect our hormones as women and men. They go straight to our bloodstream. They act as estrogen a lot of times and it triggers our natural estrogen to like not take charge. It it says, you know, your body has enough estrogen, so we don't need to go to work. And then that's where you Hmm. get, you know, a lot of different fluctuations in your hormone levels. So things like that make a huge difference. And when they say little changes add up to a big deal, it really does. So yeah, I was mainly serving it as a margarita mixer. If someone came over to hang out, I would throw, you know, tequila in my pineapple lime kombucha and people were starting to say, what is this? This is kombucha. Like some people that had tried kombucha, they were like, okay, this is not what I've tried before. This is not kombucha or people that there was a lot of people that just didn't even know what kombucha was. And Mm -hmm. I quickly realized through the midst of this that one, there's a lot of people that need to be educated and I love educating. It was something I didn't get to do in the ER or in the healthcare world. I think that this could be a whole nother podcast, podcast. but I didn't get that education piece that I desire. You so much on your own. Like you're going out on your own, doing the research, getting the books, getting all of the background to mm-hmm. kind of lead you down this path. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. And in the midst of it, I was working in a 
big hospital in the ER where, you know, they treat on protocols and standards and they don't really individualize care. And, you know, the people want that magic stick or that pill that's going to make them better. But in the end of the day, you realize that when you're working behind the scenes and seeing this, it's just a band-aid. It's a cover-up to cause other symptoms down the road or just subdue them a little bit to where then it's a bigger problem later. So yeah, I was there working and I just didn't get the time to educate people. So here I am. I'm like, this is the perfect opportunity to teach my boys the power of hard work, working for yourself. Boys, let's make a poster board and take my kombucha to the farmer's market. Like mom needs money. (laughs) We need to do something here. And people love the kombucha. So let's do this. And I was actually excited to get out there and just educate people. And within four weeks, not in Lee Summit, but a little outside of Lee Summit, Farmer's Market, within four weeks, we had so many people coming back, refilling their kombucha bottles. Yeah. And it was an overwhelming response to our kombucha. My kids were out there just saying, you want a low sugar drink that's healthy for you, that actually tastes good. (laughs) And people would come in and start sampling it and listening to what I had to say, whether, you know, they were diabetic. And I was telling them that, you know, actually drinking kombucha can help lower your blood sugars. It lowers amylase in your system, which helps regulate your insulin levels. So it's a sweet drink that you can enjoy and it's not going to mess up your diabetes. If anything, it's going to help you. And then I had another client come to me in the market and he had failing kidney labs. They were saying he was becoming kidney failure status. And he's like, I, you know, got on it. He got on a weekly growler, which is like, Four servings, and they say about three to four servings a week is what you need to kind of start noticing a difference within your body. And he started on a growler. And within a year, he came to me and said his kidney labs were normalized. He pees three times less than the night. Therefore, he's getting better sleep. And so I was starting to see these stories where I was like, okay, I'm cutting out a product that's not a Band-Aid. You know, this is a product that tastes good, but people are also noticing a difference like I did. And so I was like, okay, this is finally what I need to do because it was, I felt finally in my life, I was where I needed to be. Like I was making a difference. I was creating a product for myself. I was teaching my kids the power of hard work. I took more control back of my life and my time with my kids. And so it ended up just being a, after that, a ton of research on my husband and I's part, because um, what makes it difficult to turn it into a business is when you start making kombucha on a large scale, that's where it becomes an inauthentic product. You make them in these huge... Most of those companies are making them in these huge fermenter vats because if you have to push the volume out on a large scale, that is the most cost-effective, less time-consuming way of doing it. Um, but what happens is... Um, because it's in these big, big, you know, thousand gallon or more fermenter vats. And, you know, when I think, say, fermenter vats, think beer brewing, you know, big, big stainless steel vats. It takes many, many months to ferment into kombucha and get to the pH it needs to where it's actually kombucha. 
And at the end of that, because their process is so long, the acetic acid builds up and the alcohol level is too high for the legal limit allowed in kombucha by law. And I'm talking a really, this is a minimal amount. Like they, you know, require it to be super minimal. Even beyond that is not considered an alcoholic product. It's still less than, you know, amount of alcohol per volume than vinegar, because to make vinegar, you just ferment the sweet tea longer. You don't pull it off at the kombucha stage. You let it ferment longer. And therefore there's obviously more alcohol per volume than vinegar, which is does not have a alcohol warning label on it or anything. So there's a lot of things, parts missing in the um, the laws and warning labels on things because they just don't know, you know, they're not real educated and they're just trying to do what's best and what they think is best. And so anyways, these companies have to dilute their product back down um, to keep that alcohol level legal for their product. And at the end of the day, then you're getting pretty much like 90% water, 10% kombucha. Oh my goodness. Yeah, a lot of times. And then they're flavoring it in with extracts because it's profitability, it's quicker, and they can get it out the door and it can have you know a longer shelf life and all that. And so when my husband and I brainstormed the idea of starting this as a business, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I can't do this. I cannot do this on a large scale like that because I want to put out a true kombucha product, not diluted down. I'm not going to, you know, push out a product that's too high of alcohol level and, you know, go there legally. Like, I don't want all that headache, you know, like, because at the end of the day, if I'm going to start this and do all this work, I want it to be a true kombucha product that tastes like small batch made pantry made kombucha. Because when you start making it in your kitchen, small batch, it's so good. And you realize that what is that out on the shelf? And that's where I started doing my research, you know, of why is it not tasting like true kombucha? And so I was like, Honey, I love the idea of this being a business, but like, how can we make it to where it's truly small batch, not diluted down, and it will really truly make our community healthier? And that's where we came up with Webago. It was a ton of research, a ton of work on our part, particularly my husband. I commend him. He built our entire brewery. We built all of our own fermenters so that we can make them truly small batch. And the concept we came up with is we use food trays where we built spigots out of them ourselves. We passivated them and treated them so that they are truly a healthy you know, environment for our ferments and our scobies and our kombucha. But they are small two-gallon batches. And the food trays allow a lot of surface area at the top. So all that kombucha that's in the food tray is really close to the oxygen in the air. So it's a quick turnover. So every 10 days, our kombucha is done. It's a new strain of yeast and bacteria, which if you've ever heard, it's really good to mix up your strains of probiotics. So you know, when you're drinking Webagos, that every bottle that you're drinking is a new strain of good yeast and bacteria that what you need to feed your gut. And so we trialed this out. We 
set them up on racks. And it really does. It did. It turned into truly pantry made tasting kombucha that was fresh, fizzy and delicious. And when we sent it off to the lab, it was showing amazing results on the amount of yeast and bacteria it was in. It was well below the legal limit that they were allowing in kombucha. It was very low sugar. And and so then we got to the point where we're like, well, we need to flavor this because we can't just push out kombucha. And it's hard to flavor it on a large scale. But, you know, with the help of amazing farmers, we also do that in a different way. We just use pureed produce. We puree it and add it right to our kombucha give it a little extra fizz with some CO2 and um, bottle it. And so we have amazing flavors. We do like our best sellers are elderberry mango and beach bellini. Um, Which those are two here that the staff absolutely love. Yeah, yeah. Beach bellini is peaches, mangoes, and pineapples. Very tropical. Um, And we also tell people they make great mixers. So if you want to add your rum or your vodka, I personally love our ginger lime. Um, It makes a great Moscow meal mixer, if that's your thing. If you're a non-drinker, it makes you feel like you're having a cocktail, whether it be, you know, our pineapple lime jalapeno or our strawberry or a watermelon, or um, we have tons of flavors. We're always adding new. We have uh, black currants mojito coming up this summer. And so we have our taps up at the farmer's market in Lee Summit. And so you can come and get your bottles refilled. Say what this one is. Yeah, you can. (laughs) Um, I don't think there's any more. Was it just a trial? (laughs) Because I have a gluten sensitivity. So I have been off gluten for a year and a half. But with that, I love a coffee stout beer. And I probably miss that the most with being gluten-free. Bread, short, but a coffee stout beer used to be my thing. I I love that. That is a good analogy of this. And so for like my husband watching the Super Bowl, for instance, I went and grabbed, this is an espresso one, put it in a cup. He had his little beer. I had my beer, my espresso kombucha, and just that fizz and that flavor because it is a darker kombucha coloring compared to the rest out in especially in our fridge mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. the girls know that these are mine like I'm that obsessed with them and it just I feel kind of weird because I will open this up some mornings here at like nine in the morning I'm like I feel like I'm having a coffee stop beer but You're it's not, not. It's yeah not. It's I have just so, so dang I have so many people come back to me and they're like I bought this at the gas station can I drink this one right now while I'm driving my construction truck and I'm like yeah you can he's then they're like this tastes like I'm having a beer or a cocktail. And I'm like, yes. And so I personally love to drink mine at three o'clock in the afternoon when I want that like cocktail or that pizzazz or that fizz in my life or that pick me up, but it's not going to crash me at night and to where I can't sleep. It's not going to, it's not like caffeine. It's basically like a decaffeinated product to where it actually will let, like help you sleep better, give you more energy throughout the day, but it keeps you at like a level of sugar where you're not up and down and having cravings and things like that. So it's fun because it's sweet, but it helps the cravings too. Yeah. The espresso, it ended up being our holiday drop. I did a few um, fun ones for Christmas and that's when you found it. I think oh we snagged God. it at Hy-Vee. And so there's not a gluten-free, or co- a gluten-free coffee stout beer out there that I have found. Uh-huh. And I'm not, I'm not a big drinker. I've actually been dry for almost three, two months, two months, I guess since 
whatever new year's had it's a glass a good of dry january february march forever yeah drink yes but it's a great option two questions we get in here a lot with people asking questions on it because patients are buying it but number one question we get i'm pregnant mm-hmm. can i have some mm-hmm. which it sounds like yes because uh, yes and it used to this was like I think nine years ago when I started drinking it with, when I was pregnant with my first, I think they're different brand, obviously not yours, but one from the store. It was like, you could only yeah have like eight ounces, but yeah. I think probably from the alcohol level that was mass mm-hmm. Yeah. Produced. I mean, personal thing, you know, I'm going to say that's bogus, but you know, by law, we have to say, consult your doctor, but I personally drank it all throughout my pregnancies. It was what gave me that like what I needed to, you know, the gut health, everything changes when you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so it gave me those nutrients, those probiotics that I needed. And at the end of the day, they tell pregnant women to take a shot of apple cider vinegar every day. And that's going to have more alcohol by volume than kombucha does. It's honestly just a bunch of people creating laws that don't even know what this product is. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of uneducated people out there and that's meaning no disrespect. It's just, it's something they make us put on there and it does mis misleads people because it's not an alcoholic product. Your kids can drink it. You can drink a ton a day. You'll never feel like you're Because our five-year-old old comes in every day. He comes in after preschool, (laughs) two o'clock. Then if you're sitting in our waiting room, the first thing he does is walk in, opens the refrigerator for kombucha, grabs one. Typically he's my like strawberry cherry lime kid. That's what he grabs. He usually spills it on the floor once or twice a week. But he that's what people were asked. Well, like, he can have that too. And I'm like, yeah, they say it's fine with that. Yeah. And yeah. My other kids are the same, typically have one every day or every other day. Yeah. Personally, there's tons of other products out there on the market that your kids are able to drink that are way worse for them. Or eat. Like I think about all the red dyes, yellow yes, dyes, like yes. processed food. Yeah. Like here you're making something very nutritious that that's to me. And we've got a peanut allergy kiddo. Like I'm all about mm-hmm. the gut flora and yeah. helping change versus giving you a bag of goldfish. Like to me, that's worse. Right. Than- and that leads me to like one of our biggest questions we get. They're like multiple questions. Like, are we gluten-free? Yes. Are we organic? Yes. We use organic fair trade tea because I'm very picky on how ingredients are sourced, what other ingredients are in that product, whether it be red dye. I will not give my kids a medicine that has red dye in it and other extracts and flavorings. And so another question we get is, how do you flavor it in such an authentic, natural way without all the added, you know, dyes and everything like that? And um yeah, we, you know, it's amazing if you just puree produce and add, it doesn't take much, but add a little bit and it just adds that like elevated flavor profile and the kombucha gives it what it needs. But luckily, you know, along the way, Lee Summit has amazing people and self-employed business is like, this is just such an amazing community, whether it be Amanda Or along the way, we met our friends at Urban Bounty Farms. And so they're an integral part in how we move forward in allowing to have, you know, fresh black currant or fresh mint in our product all year long. Their new hydroponic farm in Lee Summit and the Casey Metro area, which means it's indoor grown, 
you know, you're not, you know, I don't have to have like nice weather to, you know, grow your strawberries or grow what you need. Um, if you're living here, we don't put yeah. like half of the year. So as we move forward, we're going to do a lot more with them. And we have been. And then right now I have, you know, some produce being farmed in South America this winter for me for our product. Because, you know, it's hard to find fresh strawberries all year long. So um, I love what Lena and Jim and Mimi are doing to um, bring fresh produce to our market in the KC Metro. Um, and so that's what one of the places we get our produce. Cool. Yeah. So when you drink kombucha from us, you know that you're getting a fresh made product. It's hand batch made. We have um, just a few employees that fill our farm renters every 10 days and pull off. So it's, it's really cool to see where it's come. And I'm just so thankful for all of the Kansas City, like Lee Summit area that's been so supportive. But yeah, we uh, you can get it at Amanda's office. Uh, save your bottles. You can just leave them here at the office. Or if you come to the Lee Summit Farmer's Market this summer on Saturdays, we're there until noon and you can bring your bottles and we'll give you a dollar off per bottle that you save and bring back to us. They don't even have to be clean. We'll take them. If you have four empty bottles that you've saved, you know, and you order four more, you get a dollar off per bottle that you order. And we'll just swap a, your empty bottle with a filled one, any flavor. And like I said, we will we pop in those flavors like espresso and other fun ones that kind of like get you. But I will say they kind of, they do kind of change because it's what I can get on hand. But we do kind of have the start of our standard flavors. But so you think, what's your other favorite besides espresso? Mm-hmm. I think I know. My mom's is the beach bellini. I don't know. It honestly depends on the time of the month for me. Like what I, I'm yeah, timing, yeah. which is weird. So it goes with hormones. I love the cherry lime. You like the spiced apple too. Oh my God, I do. The spiced, yeah. That's uh, red apple apples cider. And, yeah, red that apples and cinnamon. I also like the cran apple, but that's with green apples. It's a little more tart. My middle kiddo loves the cran apple. We pop in and sample all the time at high V's. We're currently in the Thule Summit high V's and Blue Springs, but I love to pop in and sample. It gives me a time to educate our community and it gives people a chance to try all of our flavors because like Amanda said, it really depends on the day, depends on the type of month, where you're at in your cycle on what you crave and you and they're so good but the girls swear by two of them here love the elderberry mango mm-hmm. that's our best seller yes. yeah yeah especially this time of year if a patient comes in with a sniffly nose like they go straight for that kombucha fridge pop it up and like oh, we're just going to drink this i'm like that's like every day right now it really is like a great dose of medicine for for you and if you do buy our kombucha and start drinking it consistently, shoot for about three to four weeks and please come back to me or tag us on social media and tell me your story. Tell me what you're noticing because I can't really tell you what you're going to notice. Everybody is different. It's really what your body is saying. If you have a joint pain, that is your body saying that like something's not right. Or if you're having dry eyes, that's your also your body is saying like something's off. And nine times out of 10, it's probably coming from your gut because your gut has a nervous system like your brain. And actually your gut is more powerful than your brain's nervous system. It sends way more synapses, synapses meaning messages to other parts of your body more than your brain does. And that's actually what controls all your organs. So it is very important to focus on gut health. Amen to that. And I have learned 
fast fact. I don't know. I need to dive into more research, but they say that people who have better gut health have a better gut instinct. Mm. You can see that because your brain's not clouded with inflammation. Yeah. Your gut's not clouded with Yeah. And you know, when you have that gut instinct or your brain, your heart telling you something, they say people with healthier guts have more of that like intuition. Moms need that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's a big thing. It's a real thing. So. Well, guys, we've got Webago here at Lee Summit, hoping to pull it over to the Kansas location as well over in Overland Park. We're ready for you. Okay. We'll make <laughs> it happen because I swear we go through a fridge a week here at Lee Summit. We love it that much. So if you guys want to, even if you're just driving around, pop in for a sample. We've got some here and we've got little cups that um, just has allowed us to have for people to sample. This week is strawberry. My five-year-old picked that out because it's his favorite. Next Don't week, come asking for espresso because that's... No, this is honestly the last one. Well, I'll get you some more, but Amanda gets her own small batch fermenter for her espresso, but I don't have enough to supply everybody else right now. But yeah, so... I love it so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Guys, we're going to link her website at the bottom in the notes. So definitely go there to click it. We'll probably put your Instagram and Facebook as well. Yeah. Is there anything else you want us to put there? Or in our website, yeah. And, and you can scan our QR code on the back of our bottle. So find us in the health market section of the Hy-Vee's with all the other kombuchas. Scan the QR code or our website's on the back. And you can also place a refill order through our QR code and our website. And we do a delivery or pickup option as well. So support local. Local is better. So make sure you, when you are reaching for something that you're reaching for something with yellow and pink. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for supporting Mahuabega Bucha and Empower Your Pelvis. We appreciate it and appreciate you guys. If you can, subscribe to the show, share with your friends and... Keep your pelvis happy. Bye, guys. <laughs> hey, Pelvic Posse. I want to thank you so much for joining into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Can I ask you a couple of favors, please? Number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so that you can continue to empower your pelvis forever so that you will never miss out? Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review telling them how amazing we are and everything that you have learned about your pelvic health? And then number three, if you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash empower your pelvis for all your visual learners out there. We have all types of great visuals in there for you to not only listen to, but to also watch. Thank you so much again and make sure to give your pelvis some love until next time. Peace out pelvic posse.